Good morning. It's a blessing to be here with you all to worship the Lord together and to learn about him, to learn about his wisdom. And before actually I jump into what I had prepared, I, I just wanted to mention as a little preface from this last song that we sang, All I Have is Christ. Um, I didn't know we were going to sing it, and as we sang it, it just it brought a flood of emotions for me. Um, this was one of the songs when I, the first week that I arrived in Mexico, um, a mentor went down with me and, and was there with me for the first week as I kind of got settled in, and I dropped him off at the airport for him to fly back to the States, and I began driving home, and it just all of a sudden hit me. Where am I, and what am I doing, and I'm not prepared for this. And I was listening to a, a mix of songs, but this song, All I Have is Christ, came on, and I just started to cry as I listened to this song. And I said, you know, all I have is Christ. It sounds like it's a little, but it's really a lot in the sense of everything that I have is Christ. And therefore, I have no need to worry. Um, it is God who works it all in us. Um, so kind of as a preface, what, what I really just recognized again this morning was where it says, the strength to follow your commands could never come from me. Um, there's going to be a little bit of an emphasis this morning on this passage, on getting wisdom that's, that's going to come from us, things that we have a responsibility to begin doing. But I want us to all move into that with a recognition that it all comes from Christ. It's not our strength. It's not our power. It's not our ability. It's the strength of God to follow his commands working within us. So as we seek to follow his commands in, in this passage, let's remember it comes from him, not from us. So. I can't imagine that there would be anybody here in this room right now that doesn't desire to be wise or doesn't desire to have wisdom. To know wisdom is to know God. We know from God's word that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. We have 1 Corinthians one twenty four, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. If we seek wisdom, we are seeking Christ. So the question I have today for us is not, do you desire to be wise? And it's also not, do you desire to know Christ? Because I believe the resounding answer to that question here in this room would be an emphatic yes. We desire to be wise. We desire to know Christ. So my question today that I want to pose to all of us is, how much do you desire to be wise? How much do you desire to know Christ? What would you say about a husband who confesses to his wife that he desires to spend time with her, but yet he spends most of his days passing the time with all of his friends? His desire is probably very genuine that he does want to spend time with his wife, but this situation would beg the question, how much does he desire to spend time with his wife? And I think the same happens between us and Jesus. We express verbally our desire to know Christ and be closer to him, but our actions are what show us how much. What does it look like when someone desires 
to seek wisdom from above? What does it take to get this wisdom that God promises us? This passage is going to show us what we need to do to get wisdom. And it shows what a person who truly desires wisdom and to know Christ is and looks like. This is going to be a kind of introspective um, talk today. I'm going to pose a lot of questions, some rhetorical questions for you to answer in your own mind and in your own heart um, about how much we as individuals desire to know Christ and to be wise. So let's go ahead and I want to read the first five verses again here as we begin. So it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Right off the bat in this chapter, we find something that might make some of us a little bit uncomfortable and maybe even disappointed. We see that we have to work to get wisdom. I mean, can't, you know, can't we just listen to the preacher on Sundays, pray for our meals at mealtime, and read our Bible every, you know, for five minutes every day? And then we'll be wise. We'll be the next Solomon, right, if we do those things. You know, we notice that this is a conditional statement. What this means is that if we do one thing, then another thing will happen. Let's take a simple example. A mother to her child might say, if you make your bed, then I will give you a cookie. We have a result. If you carry out a specific action, then a certain result will then happen because of that. The person who truly desires wisdom is not a passive person. He's a passionate person. Just take a look at the verbs that we have here in in these verses that are prefaced by if before then the result, before the word then comes into play. We have to receive. We have treasure. We have make attentive. We have incline, call out, Raise your voice. Seek and search. That's eight verbs right there. And we might be tempted to ask, you know, why, why God wouldn't just give us all this wisdom without all this work? That's, that's really a topic for a different day. But let's, let's keep in mind as we continue that God has created us with a free will and that this gives us an opportunity to act upon our desire to know God and to demonstrate how much we desire to seek the wisdom from above. Let's go back to um, my little statement about listening to the preacher, about praying for our meals, and reading our, our Bibles for five minutes each day. No one, I think, here would deny that all three of those things are good things, and all three of those things are things that we should be actively doing. God wants us to learn and grow from those who, who are in spiritual authority over us, right? He wants us to communicate with him, to thank him for the provision that he's given in our lives. And he wants us to read our Bibles and to know more about him. 
But we come back to this question, how much do we desire to know God? Let's look at this idea of listening to the preacher, of being in God's word, of receiving wisdom and receiving knowledge, receiving Christ. We have in the first two verses, we have, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Our pastors are teaching us from the word of God. Or at least they should be. I know at least in this case, in this church, that's what they're doing. They're taking the word of God and they're giving it out to you for you to receive, for you to take, and for you to learn from. Our first admonishments here are to receive God's word, to treasure up his commandments, to incline, to listen for what is being imparted to us. A passive person would be content to just simply listen on Sunday and stop there. But we're passionate people, right? We're passionate followers of God, which means we're going to take it one, two, maybe even three steps further. We're going to take notes on the sermon. We're going to talk to the pastor after on things that maybe we weren't clear about or didn't understand. We're going to review the passage during the week, right? When we listen to a sermon, when we read our Bibles, do we treasure the commandments and wisdom contained within them and strive to remember and apply it to our lives? Do we? What do we do with knowledge that we, we need throughout the week, maybe for our jobs? I know for my case, um, I'm a paramedic and worked for several years on an ambulance service. And to do that job requires a certain amount of knowledge of medicine and anatomy, physiology, to actually receive your certification and be able to do that job. Now, of course, in school, I was trying to learn everything, remember everything, write it all down, you know, take everything and, and apply it. I wanted to pass the tests and I wanted to get my certification at the end of school. So I was listening. I was, I was applying. I'm taking notes. Um, I don't want to forget this. But after I got my certification, I really had the choice to make. Do I continue striving towards becoming a more knowledgeable and skilled paramedic? Or do I just stay content with what I learned to, to gain my certification and stop there? A paramedic who loves his job and who loves the people that he's able to help through it continues to learn. He pays attention during continuing education classes. He reads articles and books that will help him better help people or help him help people better. I had a responsibility to my company and to the patients that I helped to continually learn more and apply that to my life to be able to better care for a sick or injured person. How much do we value God's word in our daily lives beyond Sunday, beyond just listening to the preacher? How much do we value it? Is it treasured and stored in our hearts through memorization or do we only look for enough just to gain salvation and be content with that? Or do we continue to grow in the knowledge of God? Do we make our ears attentive to wisdom? What are our ears tuned into? 
Is it the wisdom of God or the wisdom of this world? One little story I heard one time, I don't even remember where or who it was that, that shared it, but it, it stuck with me for a long time. And it's, it's a story of two men in New York City. And they're walking down the street. One of the men is a businessman. He lives and works there in the city. The other is a farmer, a very successful farmer that lives in the countryside. And as they're walking along, it's rush hour. Everybody's honking. It's noisy. And the farmer stops and he says, ah, did you hear that? And the businessman looks at him and says, hear what? We're in the middle of rush hour in New York City. You're going to have to be a little more specific. He said, the crickets. I hear crickets chirping. And sure enough, there in a little flower pot by the sidewalk was a, was a cricket in there chirping. So that's the first sound of nature that I've heard since I've been here. That's so refreshing. Reminds me of home. Um, the businessman looks at him and says, I don't know how you heard that tiny little sound in the middle of all of this busyness. Um, the farmer said, it's all in what you're listening for. The business said, you know, um, what do you mean? I'll show you in a little bit. So they kept walking. The farmer walking a little bit behind the businessman kind of slips his hand in his pocket and pulls out some change and Without the other man knowing, drops it on the ground. The businessman turns around. Oh, I think you dropped your change. And the farmer looks at him and smiles and says, How'd you hear that tiny little sound in the midst of all this noise? Um, it's all in what we're listening for. What are we paying attention to in our lives? What are we in tune to? Are we making our ears attentive to wisdom and inclining our hearts to understanding? What is it that catches our attention during the week? What is it that, that draws us in? What about this next verse? Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Now let's take a little bit of a look at praying at mealtimes and doing our, our duty here to, to make sure we thank God for our food before we eat it. Um, the Hebrew word for call or call out in this passage is kara. I'm no Hebrew scholar, so maybe it's a little, pronounced a little different. But essentially, kara is also used to proclaim or to name in other parts of Scripture, such as in the creation story. When God um, created the earth and it says that he called the light day and he called the dark night, this word kara was used. And it implies an audible speaking and a, and a specific naming of whatever it is that you're calling into being. When Adam named the creatures and the animals of this earth, he used the word kara to name the animals. I think when God tells us here to call out for insight, he's not asking for a vague, whispered little prayer. He's asking for specific, loud cries for insight. No inaudible, mindless prayers, but strong, confident pleading for understanding. He wants us, to, I think he wants us to name insight and name wisdom in audible, out loud crying to God. Um, he wants to see how much do we desire this wisdom? How much do we want to know him? The idea of crying out to God really is a theme woven throughout all of scripture. Right? We have, and, and the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage and they cried out. And their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. 
Exodus 2.23. Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. 1 Samuel 7.9. And in Psalm 142.1, it says, I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. These examples here speak of some distress on the side of one crying out, a time of desperation in their lives or in other people's lives. We need to get to a point of desperation, leading to fervent, out loud, crying out to God to fill us with wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, James 1.5 tells us. There's no room for passivity when something as precious as wisdom when something as precious as Christ is at stake. We must actively seek the source of wisdom and make our request known to him. How much do we desire wisdom? How much do we desire to know God more? This brings us to the next verse in question. And we have to ask, how much work are you willing to do to get it? Our five-minute Bible reading. No, enough of that. We need to work for it. Let's get into our Bibles. If you seek for it like silver, verse 4, if you seek for it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. Now remember, we're, we're still looking and waiting for this then idea. We're still looking and waiting for this result. If you haven't gotten the picture yet, wisdom doesn't come easily. It's a hard-won quality. I really hate to bring up a Disney movie in a sermon, but the one thing that I always think of when I think of this idea of searching and digging through a mine and for silver, for hidden treasures, I think of the dwarves from Snow White. Um... The dwarves work in a mine, and they go along singing their hi-ho song, talking about how they're going to dig, 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 they're going to work, 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 in their mine that contains thousands of diamonds and precious jewels. One line says, we dig, dig, dig from morning till night. We dig, dig, dig up everything in sight. The word of God is like a mine filled with precious jewels and treasures. It's filled with wisdom. And it's filled with God. But like a mine, we have to dig for that treasure. We have to sweat. We have to strive. When we read our Bibles, do we just skim through it? Or do we pause and ponder? Do we search for significance and meaning within the words, the phrases, and the stories? You know, just one thing that I I started to do several years back and that's really helped me, is I start to keep a pen in my Bible at all times. And really what that is, is now I have a, a visual and a physical reminder of a pen that I'm saying, I'm in this, I'm in my Bible because I'm trying to learn something. Not because it's a duty, that I need to read my Bible to be a more spiritual person and God's going to bless me because I, I did it. No, because I want to know God. And I want that pen to remind me that I'm going to underline something, or I'm going to circle something, or I'm going to write in my journal a little note or a question that I had 
about this passage, even if it maybe is in the span of five minutes. I'm not talking about a time frame here, and if you don't spend more than five minutes, you're not going to learn wisdom. But what is that time? Is it quality time? Do you have a purpose behind your Bible reading time? Um, that's just one, one thing I've, I've started to do that's really helped me to, to remind myself um, that I'm looking for something. I'm looking for God. When we have the word seek in this, in this passage, if you seek it like silver and you search for it as for hidden treasures, what's the end goal of looking for something? Can anybody tell me? Help me out with that? What, what do we want to see if we start looking for something? What do we want to happen? We want to find it. <laughs> That's, otherwise, why would you look for it? If you don't need it, if you don't want it, why would you look for it? Um, so the end goal is to find something. When you walk into a store, you're going shopping, you don't really have a specific thing that you have in mind that you want to buy. You walk into the store, you start looking at the racks, go to the clearance, see if there's something you know, cheap that might interest you, and maybe an employee comes up and asks, oh, can I help you find something? No, no thanks, just looking. Is that how we read our Bible? Or are we that person beginning in December, going into that clothing store and saying, I'm looking for the ugly sweater, for the ugly sweater party that's going to come in a couple weeks. And that's what I'm here to find. And you go to the racks and you search those sweaters. And you go and you take action. You go find an employee and say, I am looking for an ugly sweater. Where can I find it? You're taking action. You're purposefully going um, to find this ugly sweater. That's what we need to be doing in our Bible. We are going into that place to find something. We are going into this mine of treasures, this word, seeking for wisdom, seeking for Christ. Seeking for Christ. How often do you open your Bible specifically to seek out who God is? And when you do, are you willing to pull out the pickaxe? And dig, break up the hard rock. You know, maybe even in today's world, we, we might get a, a jackhammer instead of a pickaxe with all the commentaries and dictionaries and internet and all those things that we have to help us find the treasure. But either way, you're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to work. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing? How much are we willing to put into finding the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God? Now, all this before, we still haven't reached the end. But we're coming into this next verse, verse 5, where we finally get to the end of our conditional statement, the then. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. What a blessed promise. What could be more blessed than to know God more fully and completely? And God even promises so much more if we do these things. Um, I'm not going to spend, spend time on it, but I'd encourage you to, to read past, past this like um, Pastor Bob did and, and see what, uh, what other things has God promised us here. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. Wisdom will come in to your heart and watch over you and discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. 
How much do we desire that? How much are we willing to put into that? You know, I thought about kind of giving some specific action steps. You know, like, oh, maybe that'd be good to talk about some specific things maybe we can apply to our lives and, and um, help us take this step into a more fervent seeking for wisdom. But I really decided not to try and go into any sort of a things-to-do list. And I think my main motivation for that is because I want to encourage you to take the, these verses and let the desire to know God be your motivation. Not a checklist of things to do, uh, things to make your life better and to make you a more, um, a more holy person, if you will. But let the response to the gospel and the desire to know God be our motivation. I think this, the application of this passage really does come as a response to the gospel that we have received through belief in Christ's life, death, and resurrection. The gospel, as, as John Piper just sums it up, says the gospel is the news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, died for our sins and rose again, eternally triumphant over all his enemies. So that there is now no condemnation for those who believe, but only everlasting joy. I'm going to read that one more time. The gospel is the news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, died for our sins and rose again, eternally triumphant over all his enemies. So that there is now no condemnation for those who believe, but only everlasting joy. For those of us who have believed on Jesus... And that there is now no condemnation for us because of his mercy. Our response should be to give our lives back to him in gratefulness, in love, and in worship. Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. God really used this passage in Proverbs 2. Um, tremendously in my own life um, to convict me of passivity in my response to the gospel. Um, About six years ago, I was working full-time as a paramedic on an ambulance service. I was studying full-time, looking towards getting my nursing degree, and then I was working or volunteering and working at a ministry for young men on all of my days off, and I was busy. And I had already felt the call to go to missions, and I felt that all of these things were preparing me. And that's why I was doing them, was to prepare for what I felt God was calling me to do. But I still remember one day I was, I was sitting in the recliner at work at the station in between calls, and I was doing my Bible reading, and I read Proverbs 2. I think it was the second day of the month. And I was reading through it, and all of a sudden it just struck me. Wait a second, what are all these ifs? And then the then, what, I, you know, what is this? And then I realized, you know, why would I do all of these other good things to the neglect of searching true wisdom and relationship with God? I hadn't stopped going to church. I hadn't stopped praying. I hadn't stopped reading my Bible. But my life and growing in Christ was simply this. Listen to the preacher on Sunday, pray for my food at mealtimes, read my Bible for five minutes every day, and I'm, I'm good to go. These verses helped me understand in a more personal way that I have a responsibility. 
to respond to God's salvation in my life and to search him through sacrifice. And I made many changes from that, that point on and decided to, to place some spiritual goals in my life, to ask a mentor to take a more um, formal role in mentorship and accountability and um, made many changes. But I really want to close here with a challenge to each of you to ask yourself the question, how much do I desire to know Christ? And I want your motivation to search him out to be a love for Christ and nothing more. Not a list of things to do. A love for Christ. And then let's close really with this verse. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The source of wisdom is God and the mouth of the Lord, the word of God, his word spoken to us. Wisdom's not found outside of God and his word. Therefore, our efforts will never, ever be misplaced when motivated by a desire to spend time and effort into knowing him more. And let's pray. Lord, we, we just come before you um, as broken vessels. I thank you for this song that we had, that all I have is Christ. Lord, you are all that we have, yet you are everything. And through you and with you, we can receive wisdom. But you also ask us to, to come before you and to demonstrate how much we desire to know you. I ask that you would um, inspire each one of us to, to search our own hearts and our motivation for doing the things that we do in our Christian life and um, that our motivation will be a love for you. So I thank you for your word that you've recorded for us that we can learn from and grow in wisdom from. Thank you for being the source of wisdom that we have. In your name, amen.